So, um, as Ben knows, I run a tight ship. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I should, should have been on mute. <laughs> <laughs> the good. The bad. And the remake. Spoilers in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Remake podcast, where we watch some classic films, some not so great, and their respective remakes. Will the recreation be an unmake, an agreemake, or amazing? My name is Neil, and these are my co-hosts. Hey, I'm Catherine. Hello, I am Ben. Hello. Episode 14. Happy New Year, everybody. We hope you had a fantastic Christmas, and of course, watched our films. Uh, Today, we're going to be watching, or sorry, talking about Sudden Death of 1995, and its remake, which came out last year, Welcome to Sudden Death. We have a very, very special guest this week who has joined us. Alex, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello, yeah. Um, my name is Alex. Uh, I am Ben's uh, co-host, I almost said co-star there, on the Ornithology. Uh, and um, which some of you, we've been referenced before on this podcast, but we do a podcast where we follow the major works of an actor every season. It's called the Arnithology because we started off with Arnie and uh, season two was uh, Tom Cruise. We took a bit of a break and we went for forgotten films. We're trying to find gems from across the decades in season three. We got a bit bored of that. So we just said, let's go back on brand. And season four, we're uh, following the works of uh, currently of uh, Keanu Reeves. And we've called that the Arnithology Presents the Keanu Copia. Uh, that's my sort of, that's my podcasting identity. I guess the other kind of identity that I have is a fan of good, bad, and the remake. Really, I think that's fair to say. When when you guys came on, when you first when I first started listening to you guys, the, one of the first things I said to Ben was, "It's like a lot better than like what we do. <laughs> the format format's pretty slick. They got all the facts in there, and, and you put us to shame, Neil. So how come um, tell our listeners?" why you're on our special sudden death episode i'm not really sure why <laughs> maybe it's because maybe it's because uh uh sudden death is kind of like on brand for ornithology type films uh we have tended we've picked action heroes that wasn't the intention at the beginning but we also we did do an um an episode probably one of my favorite episodes ever actually on jean-claude van damme the film jcvd which uh i one of my favorite action films of all time really and my favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme film as well mm. and weirdly we we were both of us were guests on another 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 podcast uh called I Must Break This Podcast which is the Dolph Lundgren podcast and we did an episode on uh Universal Soldiers several several of them so we basically managed to like cherry pick some of the best films of Jean-Claude Van Damme's career without having to do an entire <laughs> year talking about his movies which is quite nice yeah thank you for your intro uh, Alex and you'll hear more from Alex and of course our other hosts um, but to kick us off as always 
Mr. Brian Hyten, one synopsis for these films, please. Sports! It's game night and terrorists are taking control of the VIP box and rigging the stadium with explosives. Meanwhile, the new fire marshal slash security guy, an ex-serviceman with top-notch kicking skills, has brought his kids to the game and wouldn't you know it, they end up as hostages. He's got to save his kids, the VIPs, and a stadium full of sports fans before the game goes to sudden death. I mean, yeah. Although, I'll pull you out on a technicality yeah. later. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Catherine, uh, as always, if you have the uh, few stats and facts for our listeners, please. This was a weird one. The original 1995, budget $35 million. Worldwide gross, $65 million. Decent. The remake was 2020, September 2020, so very recent. I can't find anything on the budget. From watching it, I'd say it's low budget, but um, I, I, I just can't find anything on it. There's no stats on it anywhere, maybe because it's such a new film. It wasn't released as a cinema film. It was released um, streaming. So that's probably why I can't find anything Why on what it's made. I saw a figure for about $2,000 for home release. So maybe there was some kind of pay-per-view, not pay-per-view, but you know what I mean. You had to pay for it before it was widely streamed. I don't know, did we pay for it? We did, yes. Yeah. And a, a very, sorry, a very quick Google for Welcome to Sudden Death Worldwide Gross. The total estimated domestic video sales, $420. Oh, well, I got 2000 Maybe we've got more an updated figure. but So we've con- contributed quite I, I, a significant proportion. Yeah, that's basically the four of us. <laughs> It's brand new, but also only on streaming, so it's it's just very difficult. Um, directed the original director by Peter Hyams, who previously had worked with um, John Club and Diamond Time Cop the year before. A couple of films that I don't recognise: Somebody Might, Capricorn One, Outland, Run Is Scared, and then Horrors and um, The Relic and End of Days. All of the above, all all perfectly watchable films. Yeah, if anyone was going to recognise them, you would. I, I recognise Capricorn yeah, and if, One. Yeah, if but... anybody want, if anyone wants to listen to an episode about the end of days, may, you, you could, if you want, just search for it. But make sure you search for it on podcast with the Ornithology as well, and you might. It's quite an interesting episode. Is that a horror? Uh, not really. It's kind of a biblical action movie. Okay. That's a good You're nothing compared to me. You're a fucking choir boy. That's him talking to Satan, by the way. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it was Arnie, isn't it? Of course. Remake was directed by Dallas Jackson. This was um, his first action thriller, but it was only his second film, from what I can find. He directed something called Thriller, which was another horror, um, partly produced by Blumhouse um, in 2018. But a quick um, Google on that one. Other search engines are available. Something at three point five on IMDb. Can you hear that uh, sound in the background? It's the sound of a barrel being scraped. Yes. <laughs> so, so my personal history with the original, at least, goes back to the video days. Uh, we had a Woolworths in our local town. I remember the day I went to go and buy it, probably with my Christmas money, and I just absolutely loved it. You know, it was it's such a. So I'd have been what twelve when it came out, probably thirteen, fourteen. I say. And I started to religiously watch it. I watched it about three weeks ago. A few of us then um, of the the Good Bad Remake Parish went to watch Die Hard in the cinema. 
And then I rewatched Sudden Death, and I'll get into some stuff later. But yeah, I, I love the original. It's fantastic. And as for the remake, well, I hadn't seen that. But as soon as I discovered there was a remake of it, I think Ben put his caps lock on and said, New Year's Eve episode, or New Year's Day episode, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's my history with the films. What about you, Catherine? Well, I think I'd heard of Sudden Death. It's one of those Jean-Claude Van Damme films, like, just like a double, it's like two words in all of his films, hard target, double impact, street fighter, sudden death, maximum, I can't remember what it's called, maximum. Time cop. Yeah, time cop, just maximum, maximum risk, but all very similar. They just all, can you tell them apart? I mean, I I wouldn't know. So Uh, I I think I might have, well. Maybe. I, I'd heard the term sudden death in relation to a film of his, but I couldn't have told you anything more about it. Um, when we started watching, about 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, I've seen this film. I haven't thought I hadn't seen it or even, you know, been interested in it. I'd seen it. So you thought you'd seen Maximum Risk and then it comes on and you're like, oh no, sudden death. It, it could have been any of them, Ben. It could have been any of them. Well, that's, that's why not true. To his time cop last Sometimes time. he has a black sidekick. Sometimes Rob Schneider is his sidekick. These are very different films, Catherine. So yeah, I think me and Catherine, when she realised she'd, she'd seen it, we were possibly away somewhere at a wedding or something like that. And you know, you know, you stick the TV on at the end of the night, and it was on like ITV three at like one a.m. or something daft like that. So so Catherine had seen. Um, we'll get to the point later, actually, the bit where she turned around and said, "I've seen this film." Had you seen the remake? No, I was vaguely aware that there was one because you got very excited with Ben about there being one. It didn't cross my mind that I'd ever, ever watch it until I was had my hands forced and had to. There we go. I've seen them both now. And Sorry, Alex, then. What about yourself? I think it's best if, for now, I just say I've never seen it before. Um, I've seen Die Hard. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, Die Hard Speed. I've seen th- this film is part of that group of films. Then, but it's like Die Hard on Earth is like that's that's the thing we we've talked about as well on the Ornithology. We come across a lot of these Die Hard clones, and this film came out the same year as um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, I think, or Die Hard Three. It serves by the time this film came out, the Die Hard on a whatever had been already established, so. I'm, not, I'm sure it, it's one that I missed, and it's surprising that I missed it, but I don't have any history with this, this particular film. It's, it's one of those films that just never saw it. It was never on my radar. Superb. And Ben, to close it out. Yeah, obviously, I'd seen Sudden Death before. Um, I, did, I was not aware that there was a remake of it until you told me, Neil. And I don't think I was that excited, I'll be honest. I think you were excited enough for both of us. But yeah, I saw Sudden Death. Uh, on video uh, way back when and I've watched it a couple of times in the years since and uh, I'll tell you what I think of it shortly excellent so to get into our thoughts on the original film Catherine you thought you hadn't seen this before there was a moment where you realized you had seen it before so kick us off with your thoughts on the original please the moment that I knew I'd seen it was when the little girl was dragged off from the toilets, I haven't seen the, the mascot shoot someone. Or, well, she didn't see them shoot, saw the dead body. Yeah, so Anna was like, oh yeah, I, I remember it all. It's just like a 90s TV movie to me. That's what it was. Like, that's how it felt. Uh, <laughs> you were on mute, Neil. I don't know. 
I can see you getting very animated in the back, but yeah, you obviously don't agree with that statement. But that that's just how it felt to me, the quality of it and the setup. I don't know. Stop laughing at me. It's, it was just very cheesy, over-the-top facial expressions and, you know, over-the-top winks by the bad guys, that kind of thing. Has a couple now, of good lines. clarify? Sorry, yeah. Catherine, we are discussing the original now. This, Yeah, this is the original. Hey, this is what I think. You just keep your facial expressions to yourself, Neil. <laughs> so there were a couple of good lines, I thought. Um, the commentators, who were real commentators, they, they brought in the the actual commentators um, said him, you don't have to think, Mike, this is hockey, which I liked. And there was at one point, I may not have got this exactly right, but um, Jean-Claude Van Damme or, um, what's his name, Derek or Darren? Is it Darren? Darren McCord, yeah. 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 The guy's on the phone, she says, have you had contact? And he said, well, I've killed two of them. Is that contact? <laughs> I, just, I liked it. Just a couple of funny lines. Um, I did think it was quite funny. Um, I liked the fight scenes. The kitchen fight scene, they used every kitchen appliance that you can possibly imagine was in a kitchen. You're just using everything that was in the kitchen to fight. That's a very, that's a very sort of Jackie Chan sort of thing to do, though, isn't it? Is to use everything in your environment. Yeah, yes, it I, is, Ben. I enjoyed it. You are welcome to your opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, Neil. <laughs> but, you know, I thought there was a high death toll. Um, I was quite surprised at that. Again, I'm not bothered by it, but I was, I was surprised by it. Maybe I just didn't watch enough of these films, but everyone went down. There was no just knocking people out. Everyone was just dead. And apparently all firefighters have bomb disposal experience. I'm not mad at it. You know, it's fine. I'll just go with it. I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was okay for a 90s TV movie. Well, Boom. I'm out. So, Alex, new to you. What were your thoughts on that JCVD flick? I'm in. I'm in. I'm on Team Catherine. I have to say, um, I don't have the nostalgia factor to draw me into it, and I genuinely did not enjoy watching this as a movie, as a film. But I enjoyed the fact that it was Jean Claude. I enjoyed the '90s nostalgia. It brought me back to that time. But if I want to watch a film like this, I know that there are better films. I know there's other films that would take me into this type of feel. And when Catherine said 90s TV movie, I was like, yes, yes, you get perfect thumbs up. It's just that the, the production values don't, they don't show. This doesn't feel like a movie. This could have been a straight to DVD film. It really could have been. Um, and as I'm saying that, I'm looking at my notes and I'm going, I've got loads of like, whoa, oh my God, like what? Towards in the last 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes, half an hour of this film. There's loads, there's loads to say, and maybe I'll get more into things that, uh, when we get into the sort of loose discussion around it. But uh, my first impressions are that if you, want, if you want a film like this, and I do, I always want films like this, there are, there are better, better options. Um, and I do think that to have the sort of the high energy enthusiasm that uh, yourself, Neil, and, and Ben obviously have for a film like this, I think you have to have, you have to have watched it when you were younger. And we came across this, that, problem a lot on the ornithology especially with arnie films where we'd get films that like we really loved when we were younger and then we like yeah yeah they're not that great or they they deliver in the exact same way but also the reverse too films that like we did they didn't quite land when we were younger because they were really targeted to an old audience and although this film is an 18 i don't think it is like it's got that kind of 
It's got the kind of cartoony violence to it. And if it's not stepping on your trivia factoid toes, Catherine, but um, I read somewhere that this is a the original script, so not the people who credited as the writer and the screen the person who wrote the screenplay, was like a National Lampoon style action film parody. And the only thing that remained from that script was the fight with the penguin. And that to me is like, it says it all because I, I wrote that down without having known anything about the film. That is, that fits perfectly. You can say, they say the only thing that remained, the, the whole film feels very much like it should have been a parody of an action film. Yeah. And there are moments when, yeah, it it does feel like that. But again, it's repeating the formula over and over again. I think that's the reason why. So yeah, those, those are those are my first impressions. I, okay. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I understand what, I do understand what you're saying. Um, I couldn't be any more opposite uh, because I actually think this is actually a good action thriller and not just in a JCVD 90s kind of way. I said earlier, I, it was fascinating watching this as a, I'm watching Sudden Death because it's cool and it's, you know, bringing it back. Then I watched Die Hard, which is not Die Hard. We'll get that out of the way. But then I watched this again and I'm like, do you know what? It punches its way against Die Hard in some respects. I think the reason why this film for me is, is very good is Powers Booth, right? He is an absolutely incredible villain. You know, he's going to fill kids' mouths, mouths with spiders constantly menacing you know he he will just shoot anybody in that room at any point um and he literally does you know jean-claude is 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 fine in it you know he's he's good he's actiony he does his action things the fight in the kitchen which Catherine talked about is is just ridiculous but it kind of works there's a couple of moments where half of me is like god i love it did that and another half of me is like if they just reined in that little bit it might have been like a really, really good film. So yeah, I think that that's my kind of overview of it. One thing that I also really like about it is is the, the I guess the area where it takes place in. It's in a sports stadium. Outside of maybe the first 20 minutes, half an hour, it's quite close to real time. You know, there's a lot of kind of real timeness go into it. I think at the start, it's like two hours before kickoff or face-off, sorry. Um, and then you see the game, and the, the action is interspersed with what's happening in the game. Um, you're reminded about the film's name multiple times, to which, at this point, I'm going to refer to a letterbox review from a user called Matt Singer. Matt Singer describes the film as a movie called Sudden Death, set at a hockey game that goes into sudden death, while the scoreboard flashes sudden death, and the announcer goes, it's sudden death. In other words, a masterpiece. And that <laughs> is sudden death. You know, it, and I didn't, can I just be clear? I am not Matt Singer. I've not got two accounts on Letterboxd. I've only got the one. That's all I kind of want to say on it for now, because I think it's Ben's chance to, to, to give his thoughts, and then we can have a bit more of a chat about it. I, I, I'm shocked. I'm just... This film's great. I don't know what you all are talking about. Uh, it, this is absolutely the kind of film that something like Commando allowed sudden death to exist. Like, the baddies are douchebags in cheap suits. The hero is a serviceman pushed, like, too far, and so he uses his skills to fight the baddies and save the girl. Die Hard is the cinema equivalent. Die Hard is cinema. This is a video rental. There's no argument there. 
But I want to see what kind of TV movies you all were watching in the 90s because they're way better than the ones I watched. That's for sure. Uh, I think this film's great. And I think the whole thing about it being, it's starting as uh, a parody and turning into what it is, is probably what makes it great. I think this film is really funny. And I, I think I said on the end of the previous episode that it's supposed to be, and Jean-Claude Van Damme knows what film he's in. And I'm going to walk back that a little bit because I think Jean-Claude Van Damme probably does think he's in a straight-up action movie. Powers Booth definitely gets what kind of movie this is. And there's lots of little touches, like the line about putting uh, spiders in the kid's mouth is great. When the vice president, who's being held hostage, asks Powers Booth what he wants, what do I want? World peace and enter bigotry and no more mini-malls. It's, it's totally hammy, over-the-top villain shtick, but I love it. And I think if you don't, if you, if you thought this was just a bad movie and were laughing at it, the point at which a bad guy drops through the roof of the stadium into the scoreboard, which explodes, and the commentators live on air go, shit! Like, that is laugh-out-loud funny stuff, right? And surely you know at that point what you're in for. I guess what, what it comes up against is, it is actually, I think, surprisingly violent. I think um, the way that certain people are killed or even just maimed, Powers Booth just shoots a guy in the leg just for sport at one point. And Jean-Claude Van Damme strangles and steams a woman to death. And that's pretty extreme stuff. Because but you could get away with that in the 90s, I guess. I'm not sure that would play so well today in a sort of tongue-in-cheek. Um, oh, man, I get funny all over when you talk like that. <laughs> um, and, it, and we have to talk about it. The moment in the middle of a terrorist situation where the vice president and this man's own kids' lives are at stake, Jean-Claude Van Damme gets on the ice. Don't. Don't. It's, it's genius, <laughs> it's right? It's brilliant. It's insane. Because he gets to sort of put this ghost of his sporting history to bed. But the shot, the shot of his son, <laughs> when he realizes that it's his dad, this camera seems to start at the top of the stadium and barrel down towards this kid. And when we see his face, his jaw is just on the floor. It's one of the funniest, most gifable things I've seen in a long time. Um, so there you go. Uh, as far as Die Hard in a Die Hard Honor film goes, this is bang in the middle for me. There are far worse ones than this, but I would put this actually above something like Under Siege, above Air Force One, but it's obviously, it's not speed. And it's probably not executive decision either. Yeah, I, I love this film. Do you think, I think it's something that, um, in reference to what Alex said earlier, that because we, well, maybe Alex has grown up with these films and loving these kind of films, but I haven't so much. Like the diehards and the, the sort of, the, the big ones that were out there, yeah, I've loved, but I didn't watch any John claude Van Damme when I was younger. And maybe, like I said, I enjoyed it, but maybe I would have had more love for it if I had, like Alex said, grown up with those films, watching them. I don't no, know. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. No. no. So, so I think <laughs> okay. um, outside of JCVD, the film I'm talking about here, which um, we, Alex referenced earlier, which is... Catherine, genuinely, I think you'd still like it, but if you're a fan of JCVD, it's, it's incredible, right? But outside of that, it, this feels, Ben, please tell me I'm wrong, it feels 
not like a Jean-Claude Van Damme film to me. There's something about it that doesn't feel like a Jean-Claude Van Damme film, and I he don't know what that is. Well, he hasn't got a black sidekick or a Rob Schneider sidekick. That's probably what it is. Does he do the splits? He doesn't do the splits either. And he's got a completely American name, whereas Jean-Claude Van Damme would tend to have a slightly French name like Luke Devereaux and Chance Boudreaux and all of these I think, names. I think there's a good reason for that. There's a good reason for that. And that's because Jean-Claude Van Damme was not the favorite to do this film sure. at the beginning. It was Arnie. And Arnie is classically known for having American names in his yeah, films. Yeah, that's true. And not having a foreign name. So you can't explain his, his foreignness, you know. But he, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme actually got an, uh, a dialect coach for this to make his accent more American. Paid off. Don't think it don't, did it? 100%. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that he was Belgian. I don't think so. I think the one thing that's missing, though, is like the villains get loads of good lines. I think I love the bit yeah. where the hitman at the chef's wife, uh, sorry, at the chef's house, who's threatening the chef's wife, he stands up to salute the national anthem <laughs> just before he kills her. I love this bit. I don't think Jean Jean Claude Van Damme gets any like really good one-liners, does he? Not that I remember. Yeah, and that's so what uh, it needs. It needs. The, the he's goon. got what he's. Sorry, the, the, the goon who's got the, the nan or the old lady hostage. Yo, what? Burn my toast? <laughs> I like that he takes the Fig Newtons as well. <laughs> he leaves with them. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. It's, there's a lot of funny moments in this film. And so I totally get why this didn't land with you, Catherine. And hearing Ben and Neil talk about it, I'm finding their enthusiasm for it infectious. Like, I wish I watched it with them. I think I would have I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I did. I, I am very yeah. infectious. I did um, I did enjoy it, but I, d I don't feel like I'd go out of my way to watch it again. But I find that with this whole the series on the podcast, I'll give my view, and Neil and Ben will, with what they discuss, kind of talk me into me feeling better about the film. And I go, oh yeah, that was well, that was this or that was that. Or not on everything. I mean, there's still some that I will never enjoy but and and to be fair there's there's ones they don't enjoy anyway so but i do find that because they have a, a much more extensive knowledge of films i i am talked around sometimes yeah i hasten to add this um that that at some point Catherine's going to stop doing it but she sat forward and ben knows what that means that means when Catherine's having a good time watching a film she sits forward now the first half she didn't we had a, a tea coffee break and then we came back and here's my notes the point where Catherine sits forward. The Secret Service call booths. Money is moving, but they're way behind. The period ends. Another guy gets shot. They're moving more, but it's not enough. Booth pulls out a detonator, presses it just as Darren cuts the wire. There's fireworks, but the detonator is a lighter. The real detonator is handed to him. Catherine has been sitting forward for the last five minutes. Damn right. Damn right. I'm going to sit behind you next time. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't realise you're taking notes on me. So... That, that's where I think this film has got the tension it ramps up. It's a well-made film. It really is it's a well-made really film. It's a really well-made film. It builds that. You know, I was, and I literally, I watched I this two think, weeks ago. I think they, they polished a turd, guys. Come on. Fine. They, I, oh, it, oh, no, I won't just, it's, it's, it's well not an polished. amazing script. Yeah, it's not an amazing script. Yeah. Right. 
and I think they've done a really good job of turning that into a strength by adopting the right tone. There, a couple of the effect shots are, are weak. Like the bit with the helicopter at the end is not great. And they're and just dated. They're yeah, just dated. some of the rocket launches. But the actual helicopter falling down into the arena, really cool. that is great. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other thing... Oh, really, really good for a TV movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the other thing, You're not going to let that go now, are you, Neil? That's it. There's a really weird thing in um, a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Is he does so little of his own stunts. And one of the things that we always track with our actors, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts. Keanu Reeves increasingly does a lot of stunts. Keanu Reeves does more stunts in his action movies than Jean-Claude Van Damme does. And the fight in the kitchen in this... Why does so much of this film take place in a kitchen, by the way? Like, half of the first half. He, ke- he keeps luring them back there, like, uh, I have to fight you in the kitchen. Yeah. But yeah, there's some really obvious stand-ins in that. Like, they're not even trying to hide it. There's a guy who, like, gets thrown back into the lockers, and it's clearly not Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then it just cuts to a close-up of Van Damme going, ah, my head, you know, or whatever. I think he likes his facial expressions. He, he does overexpress. He does. In my opinion. He's got a great glare, though. I love, I love Van Damme's glare. And Catherine, am I way off base? Like, uh, for, for, the, for the sort of 90s action heroes, so if we're talking Arnie, Stallone, Steven Seagal, uh, Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Van Damme's like the hot one, right? Um, out of the ones you've mentioned, I'd say yeah, but I, I mean, hot. Mm. He's got a nice bum, but sure. Um, he does not need a bum double, does he? No. But I, if if you'd make me choose, I'd probably go. He's got a cuter face, maybe. But imagine, um, imagine Jean Claude Van Damme in a sweater. No. <laughs> okay. No. So I've got a couple of more points, and then you guys, if you've got anything else uh, you want to add, and then we'll uh, we'll get onto the remake. My first point is goons, great goons. There's a lot of goonage going on in my notes. Yeah, uh, goons, you know, playing with popcorn, goons doing goon things, <laughs> goons haircuts. It's all about haircuts with goons yeah. in the nineties. And the guy in the red jacket, he's like, he's pretending he's one of the security detail. He's got some big old nineties mullet hair going on. And that's always fun. There's a lot of that in Van Damme movies. How does it feel to be hunted? That was my Jean-Claude Van Damme impression. So I'm struggling to find it. And hopefully Ben will remember the quote. But the moment where... So, so the way Van Damme uses uh, the materials around him, not only to in the kitchen, but he makes kind of a weapon out of a gas canister and he's got some like firing dart things. And, and one of the goons comes up to him. And he, and he says something about the bomb, and I can't find it. He said, this is like the most powerful explosive. Yeah, that's right. That's basically it, isn't it? Um, and then he says exactly the same line again. <laughs> yeah, to the, is that to the, the head of the security? No, no, that's when there's another goon. He says the line again, and then the head of the Secret Service comes in and knocks that guy out. Now, here's a question for you. Surely, as soon as that Secret Service guy came on screen, you knew he was with the baddies, right? Yeah, because it's Die Hard. It was the bit when Hans Gruber, when he, he meets Hans Gruber on the roof and he pretends to be a good guy. That is the same bit from Die Hard. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. They literally called some of the people goons. They used the word goons in the film, which yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That, is. that is a hockey term, isn't it? The goon? No? Do you think that's really? why? Yeah, yeah. Like when you need... Um, 
you need someone to throw themselves into a fight or something. They're the goon. It was Ben Hallmark, who I think is the Secret Service guy, uh, meets with Booth, and when they reveal that Hallmark is a bad guy, and he goes, two of your goons started shooting at us. Goons. That's right. Sorry. Um, so, anybody have any last words before we do get on to the remake? Just a, just a quick check. A goon is like an unofficial enforcer in hockey. So it's 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 like um used synonymously with a fighter, or a tough guy, or a goon. So yeah, it just to de- it's to deter um dirty or violent play by the opposition. Not to deter Belgians just coming onto the the rink and and winning the well, game. Well, that too in in that situation. And Jean Claude Van Damme is completely different build and shape to the guy he replaced. Did nobody notice exactly. that? I he know. was a it's huge ridiculous. guy. A huge guy. It's ridiculous. Guy. Yeah, and they're all they're all like patting him, you know, because he made the save, yeah. and no one sees that it's yeah. just Jean Claude Van Damme under there. The bazo- the guy with the bazooka. It's the same goon, right? Who's got the chef's wife? It's the, the Fig Newtons thing. guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. You you'd assume he's got one shot. Right, one shot before they're onto him. Nope, just chilling out on the roof. <laughs> he's totally. got some beers there, maybe I don't know. And he's just like he gets one shot at the helicopters, and then half an hour later, gets another shot at the at the display, whatever the jumbotron, whatever. Which is an outside jumbotron. Really yeah. unnecessary taking that out, yeah. wasn't it? It was like, oh, yeah. I've got a spare it's rocket. Like, that helicopter's not coming back. Yeah. Fuck you! Ridiculous. He's just another, yeah, he had two, for one for each helicopter. It's insane here how he's just chilling out there. Nobody, nobody goes and gets him. I do really, I did really like. It's classic this type of nineties action film. The bit with the, where he, they deliver all these agents going undercover and they're, they're like spotting them on the CCTV. Oh, the guy who's playing Doom on the monitor, the techie. Oh, right, yeah. He yeah. weirdly ends up playing like vice president and other things. He ends right, up right, playing okay. that. No, I didn't really recognize like, him, but he just pissed me off because he played Doom by frantically typing, which is yeah, no, absolutely how I used to play Doom. That's how hackers do everything. He had a good a line hacker. where he was like, they're sending more money just before it goes to sudden death and like Powers Booth's going to kill someone. He's like, oh, they're sending more money. And he turns around and just goes, it's not that much. <laughs> yeah, the, Ben said it earlier, right up top, the ice, like just getting, like he gets on the ice. Like, I don't know what it is. The backstory, like, is it even necessary? Do, you, do we, it doesn't even come into it in any way. The no. fact that he used to be a farmer, he could have been anyone. He could have literally just been, a dad who knows martial arts who took his kids to the game. Well, it could the, have been that. The thing I thought about, he he does have some. He uses chemicals, doesn't he, to make that this sort of the uh, homemade weapon. I got thought it. that would probably, yeah. You did get it. Um, he know he knows what chemicals are work together because I know, <clears> like <throat> I've had fire briefs and stuff, and they they talk about you know knowing the different chemicals that can use to put out different types of fire, all that kind of stuff. I do think they have backgrounds in that, but. I don't think bomb disposal experience. No much wire to cut. I'm, I'm not sure. He's I, guessing, isn't he? He's just guessing. <laughs> that bit where he makes the homemade bomb and then how he deploys it. Genuinely, great, great little bit of action. That like swinging on the on the camera down towards the VIP box, then onto another like Tarzan kind of rope swing, lobbing that bomb and then jumping through the hole. That is. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll definitely get into it when we talk about the remake. Because that is the shot of the film. Emily is the little girl. She's got one of my, the, the only laugh out loud moment I had other than laughing at the film. The actual, I laughed when uh, she said her line to him, maybe when you were born, you had something wrong with your brain. It was adorable and cute. I, I really love that. 
that bit. Um, yeah, but I, I worries at that point because he had been so like ruthless with, with the violence he deployed. I was like, oh, she might actually get it here. You know what I mean? But Yeah. But then they do they this cool them. little martial arts thing where she goes to slap him and he blocks it and then she snaps his hand. That was, oh, I love that whole moment. Like that, that was cool. Uh, that was a bit that got, like, I really like that. She's like the highlight of the film for me, actually. She's, she does really well, that little girl. Her brother, not so much. Like, I could take it and leave it. He's just, just, just sits just down. And he, just sits down. Yeah, he's just, that's, just, that's his job. Sits, I move. didn't move, dad. I don't know what, what your right. relationship maybe with your, your parents or grandparents. I remember my granddad in particular. That if I ever was naughty at my nan's, he, my granddad would tell me to sit on the sofa and he'd say, you do not move until I tell you to. And I would not fucking move if my granddad told me not to move off the sofa. Even if, even, even if you needed to tinkle, Neil? Uh, yeah. Even for pee a tinkle? On, pee on the nun's sofa. Jesus. So this brought up some real emotions for you then, Neil. PTSD from the old <laughs> sitting in a soggy sofa days. Don't move days. <laughs> There's so much foreshadowing at the beginning that there that doesn't pay off like they could have spent there's a lot of setup which i think pays off like you're following it oh it's this guy and what are they doing and that works in this i that's fine no problem with any of that but there's these there's so many opportunities to like show you things that are going on you get the the guy with the that the chef with the hatchet or that he's chopping on that it's like you could have seen like bits of the kitchen that could have been used to weapons. It could have had close-ups of like, look how threatening and dangerous this thing is. Nope, don't get any of that. The penguin blowing up. Nope, don't really. You just see some penguins later. Doesn't no payoff. There's so much at the beginning that that a lot of time was wasted that could have been spent foreshadowing some of the like stuff later on, and they just they didn't do it. They that that's a there's a problem there. I've got to say, those um, the penguins, because like you say, the foreshadowing, he brought the, peng- the small penguin in that blew up. And then later on, Jean-Claude Van Damme finds two of them, doesn't he? Like with the stuffing out. And I was like, oh, do you know what they've done? They've, they've put bombs in all of the penguins, all of those. And that's what I thought, even though I saw this film at some point, I didn't obviously pay much attention. But I thought that's what had happened. And then, no, yeah, nothing. Nothing. No, they just used them to smuggle them in. That's all it was. But they just put a female assassin in a penguin suit. So uh, This is really a comment to Ben, really, because uh, I know he likes this. There's a moment in this film, as a heterosexual man, makes me go, oh, man, Jean-Claude, like, or I need to go to the gym or whatever. I re- like, um, and it's a, it's a very similar moment that happens in, I don't know which, Winter Soldier, I think it is, where... Um, uh, Captain America's like holding the helicopter and you okay. just look at him like you're like you're looking at that scene and you're like that's a man and John Claude's doing the same thing he's hanging from the I don't know the roof so it's like a guardrail yeah, yeah 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 and and it's just there's a similarity he's in it he's in a white shirt he's in there's just doing effortless chin up to see what's going on as well but you know he can yeah, yeah. it's a good scene and it also got me quite on edge that from that moment to the end of the movie is lean forward stuff you know you you yeah. do uh, despite how cheesy it's been I, I the movie gets a full-on whole whole star just for the last 20 minutes and can i just check do you sit back and realize what film it is when powers booth <laughs> looks into jean-claude van damme's eyes as he's falling down and gives him a little yes look? oh guys I sit back guys 
the scream that goes on forever as that helicopter falls to the you know the ice rink whatever love it genuinely you love it yeah really funny i'm surprised that you don't really hate funny. that you don't hate it for because it's such a diehard like diehard ripoff yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. obviously a diehard ripoff yes it is yeah yeah that's why that's why i think it, i don't know why this gets a pass nah, other than okay. it's just so much fun uh, all yeah, of the well. elements work it is absolutely ripping off diehard from start to finish but all of the elements work and and it's never gonna hold a candle to diehard you know it's never gonna come close to it so just sit back have fun see what they did with it did it need a remake Probably not. Uh, we'll talk well, about on, that in a minute. On that bombshell, I mean, we could go for hours, or I certainly could go for hours on this. Sudden death! We got some sudden death! Oh my fucking god, it's sudden death! He scored a goal! It's sudden death! Sudden death! Sudden death! So that is our discussion on the original sudden death. I think now it is time to discuss the remake. Welcome to sudden death. And Catherine, I welcome your thoughts. I didn't welcome watching this film. I, I just thought, do we need to? Would you see in the original? I was like, do we need to watch it? I... So, what I didn't like about the film, one of the sort of, the overall themes seem to be, I say overall, but one of the themes of the film is that the kid hated his dad because he was a security guard. And I just didn't like that. It seemed to suggest that he could only really love and have respect for his dad after he killed a load of guys and rescued his sister. Now, I'm not saying that's not a good thing. You know, he did save the stadium, saved a lot of people, saved his sister. It's a great thing. But you can be a good person and a great dad without having to do those things. I just didn't like that. I, that could maybe have, you could have inferred that from the first one, but I don't think that was really what they were going for. But in this film, it was very, very clear that that horrible little kid just hated his dad. I didn't like the kids and he couldn't act. Sorry, it's... No, fair point. The music choices were odd. Like, there was one point when they were going around dis disarming all the bombs and it was like some kind of comedy jape. The music was just this weird sort of, oh, we're having a great time doing this. Not like this serious, tense, this is, if we don't get to these. Like, the contrast between that and the original where Jean-Claude Van Damme was under bunkers and you know, sweating and if I clip this now, is this going to destroy, is this going to blow up and destroy the bleachers that I'm under? That kind of thing. It was tense. It was exciting. This was, I don't know what it was, but the music set that up all wrong. But, and they were so mean to the janitor. I didn't like that. Why? A little odd, but, but why? He's just a man. Just a, I, I just, I, I really, that always puts me off films when, when that happens, when people are unnecessarily mean. He ended up being quite a pivotal part of helping to stop everything that was going on. I don't know. Like, he was an idiot, but I just felt people mean to him. It just, I'm picking up on these things because the rest of the film wasn't bad. It was was bad. Sorry. Ugh. Did you at any point sit forward? Oh, Neil will be able to tell you that from his notes. What I did, so there were no. other points. No, I didn't. Okay. I liked that the young girl, I don't think she was called Emily this time, she put up a fight. Like the other, in the original, she just kind of held her hands and went, ran along with them. I don't know any kid. If they don't want to do something, it is really difficult to get them to do something. Trying to get them into clothes they don't want to wear, trying to get them just to move somewhere they don't want to move. It is difficult. 
if she hadn't wanted to go with them, she could have put up a hell of a fight. And I didn't think there was enough threat leveled at her in that situation. Now, maybe, okay, maybe she was scared and she's seen a bullet in someone's head. However, I, I didn't find that as believable. Whereas in this one, she did put up a fight. And then it was when the guy who took her found her and threatened her with a knife that she kind of behaved. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That was, that was quite threatening, I felt. And it made more sense. She was aware that there was a bit more danger. I don't know much about fighting, but I enjoyed the martial arts in this. I don't know if someone else would be able to tell me, say, oh, the set pieces weren't good or they were good. Or, I don't know. I just enjoyed seeing the fight with no bits of kitchenware and things like that. I felt it was just quite a good watch. But the rest of the film was awful. I mean, it really was. And I knew there was a big martial arts fight coming between Michael Jai White, is that his name? between him and the the guy who took the children you don't mean the the powers booth equivalent you mean the no no one of his he goons. Was, yeah the, the the um the guy who took the little girl when yeah, i, I know don't know the, the first time we saw him he was doing some kind of martial arts and i, ju- I could just tell i was like he's the guy who's gonna fight and I in the locker quite, room in the yeah, locker room at the end yeah in the locker room and yeah it was a bit clunky and you know they wait all wait and fight one at a time and that kind of thing the the stuff that really annoys me but I still enjoyed seeing some actual martial arts but I just didn't enjoy the film I quite like Michael Jai White but in general I, it was it was a poor film <laughs> there was no it was so TV movie? I don't even know the words god it wasn't well I mean it was, it was worse than that wasn't it if I'm if I'm putting sudden death as a 90s tv movie welcome to sudden death has to be worse than that I don't CC know maybe TV he movie. loved it <laughs> I ju- yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> I just didn't find any um, real joy in it. There was no real character to the film. So to continue, Alex, similar feelings to the original to Catherine. You were maybe a little bit downbeat in it. What was your thoughts on the remake? Uh, yeah, ditto, Catherine. Like I don't know if you can see me, but I'm not. I'm nodding profusely. Almost pretty much everything you're saying. There are parts where I had more fun watching this. Uh, like you said, the fighting, this is a TV movie. And yet there's some bits that you're like, yeah, I'm into that. Like your, your set pieces are great as far as I'm concerned. If I'm going to be picky, because it's, it's definitely hitting a different level of action compared to J, uh, JCVD, compared to the original Sudden Death. Um, and the the level of action is comparable to a lot of the very good action that, that we see now. It's well choreographed. It's just a little bit too stagnant, that's all. If I'm going to be nitpicky, there's just some shots should be a little bit tighter. The editing should be a bit tighter on that. But that, again, nitpicky. Because comparing the two films, the fighting is just way off the scale, so much more enjoyable to, to watch. There's bits, I know, I'm knuckle-biting, I'm shouting, I'm going, ah, ah. I'm reacting to it when I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm loving it a lot. But again, almost everything you said without repeating it too much, Catherine, is like, yeah, the kids annoyed me. Oh my God, they annoyed me. And, and it is that element of like, wow, they're so spoiled. And the message of the movie is when your dad becomes an action hero, that's when you can, that's when you can give him some respect. It's insane. It's like, and, and there's, again, they, they're also... They're falling into the trap of trying to repeat the themes of the original film uh, and modernizing it at the same time. And there's all these, like, one of the things I liked is the way that Michael Jai White, he has this kind of, not just 
I'm going to kill you no matter what. You're a bad guy, so I'm killing you. He's in, in every fight almost, he's giving everyone a chance. I love it. It's that really nice kind of, you know, he's a badass. You know, he's the alpha and you know, he's going to fucking kill you, but he's giving you a chance. He says, you know, and one of the first things like, stop, stop. And he's just got that kind of what we've called on the ornithology, a voice of reason. He's like, I'm going to just, and he's just, Michael Jai White in this film is like a big hug. Like you yeah. want him to protect you and you just want him to be there for you in any situation. Like I trust this man implicitly. And that's the nice thing about, about this film. You've got Michael Eklund in there as the alpha, but really yeah, good actor. And it, this would have been better as a TV series, potentially, with this as a pilot episode. That's what this felt like as a pilot episode for a TV series. Yes. It's just, yeah. there, there isn't, and, and then like you can see Michael Joe White go and do other things. Like so every maybe week, he does. He gets a new yeah. job in a different. Yeah. Stadium, As a security guard, ballpark. and his son hates him every week, and yeah. then he loves him. He does die hard. No, he starts a new single... family every week. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's it. No, no, but, but again, and I, I don't know if I can just spoil it and skip to something I hate about the ending, can I? Okay. The ending let me down for the same reasons it did you, Catherine. Obviously, he beats, he beats the terrorists. He, he wins, and he, do, he does it all. And then he gets offered a job by this billionaire she's like some kind of i don't know tech billionaire businesswoman who's like amazing you know it's like yay great you know she's amazing and the daughter's in love with her because she's a role model for her the problem is is that you know she is a kind of a hard but fair role you know she's she's kind of a hero or a heroine in in the thematically in the film she comes and she offers mike michael jai white this job that would get him respect and it would be her private security, and he'd have, I don't know, more resources at his disposal. It'd obviously be better pay. He'd be, he'd be using his skill set that he's developed as a, we haven't said that, he's an ex-military, right? Again, that opening sequence, it just, it looks like it's not finished. It looks like it was done on a soundstage, because it was. Well, it, yeah. possibly that they were trying to do, I think, like an Afghanistan prologue yeah. on, on a $20 budget. That's it. That's why it looks like that. Right. And again, good, good sequences, good choreography. It's fine. You just, Michael Joe White's invincible superhero. I don't mind that. In this film, it does come into it more. It doesn't fit. There's some other, there's some other message in the film. He's the perfect husband almost. Like he's, he's, I know I'm, I'm doing everything for my family and I'm doing everything for my family. And then, and I'm not, no, I can't take this job because I'm here for my wife. My wife told me I need to be around more. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be around more. And that's at the beginning. And then it's bookended. It would be good if the, the wife came along and actually said, no, no, no take, take the fucking job, man. Like, no, we're good. We need, we're good to have the extra money. And he wouldn't necessarily have to be, he could still have good hours, right? If she's this ethical businesswoman, she could say, no, you can still do nine to five, like working for me. Yeah, it's just a, a bit lazy. Is that what you say? Just sort of... Um... Yeah. I, I didn't really like that ending. I didn't like the... Yeah, I suppose it makes more sense. Because the reason in the, in the first film, the reason that the son was a bit annoyed with him really was probably more linked to the fact that he wasn't around because he was um, right. separated from his right. mum and dad. It, his mum. Yeah. It, it was probably more to do with that, whereas this was just... Oh, he's, he's just a security guard. But to your point about... A billionaire giving him nine to five hours. I don't think billionaires work those kind of hours. He would need to be flying off to 
Saudi or you're right wherever. of course yeah um, I right. always thinking practically you know because it's really important in this situation <laughs> my few uh, words review if this film gets one star sudden death 1995 is a masterpiece it's an it's an oscar-winning film that's my review for this film yep correct so thank you alex for your thoughts there as i've referenced a few times uh, a few times sorry on this this podcast i do like to keep some comprehensive notes uh, so i'm going to start with uh, reading out some of these notes from the start we're in a run a rundown kind of war-torn city it's the middle east sudden death is on the screen, or welcome to sudden death. Uh, women are being tortured. The guys leave her alone. And then uh, he says, go kiss my ass to the torturer. He martial arts escapes, beats them all down, takes a gun, releases the other prisoner. One of the torturers sets off a bomb. The bomb explodes. And he wakes up because he's dreaming. And that is welcome to sudden death. Ben. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm 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 joking, of course. No. So so I think that that, that is obviously that this is the playback to the we didn't really talk about it a lot in the the original of Jean Claude Van Damme saves the girl. Well, he doesn't save the girl actually from the burning fire. Um, those eyes on that girl, by the way, those are dead eyes, man. The doll. So so this kind of sets it up, and I like it. You know, they did try to mix things up a little bit. You know, they're they're married, they're in bed together, the the, the kids are involved, and, and but it has that kind of similarity feeling. The acting is terrible i had low expectations going into this film of course we all did you know it was going to be a laugh at the very least i agree with a few things that, that both Catherine and alex said i thought michael j white is is really good and i i'm looking forward to seeing what he goes on to become in kind of action films i've not seen a huge amount of him before and i think he definitely has a presence in the film everyone else bargus is awful Alpha. Fucking Alpha. Steroidal Ethan Hawke, I wrote down for him. <laughs> so Yeah, poor, poor man's Ethan Hawke. That's what he is. Yeah. He did look so, like him. So Alpha is here for $1 billion in Digicoin. <laughs> it's also, modern. It's modern. Also, when the, um, when the daughter's taken away... No, sorry, she goes for a pee. So I think this is where the, the water pistol scene in the original... She just went for a pee. She just went for a pee. Right. So they were arguing about, you know, like kids. I think think he was being mean about his dad. And she was, she was sort of defending him. Daughter needs a pee. She goes to the security restroom. There is a security guard restroom that is accessible to the public. No, she's got a VIP pass. That's what gets her in, isn't it? Well, even so, come on. (laughs) I mean, okay. Maybe I'm spotting loopholes and you're going to correct me. Alpha yeah, no, no, no holes in this movie, mate. <laughs> Come on, sort yourself um, out. So, so Alpha talked to Beta, which was quite nice, uh, with his AirPods. Um, not, not AirPods. Can I just say? AirPods? No, they're yeah. actually AirPods. Like, they were, cut off with a wire they, cut off. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what they were. <laughs> so you're telling me on its $420 box office, they, could, they thought, you know what? Let's not get the AirPods. They're, you know, 100 quid or whatever. Do you know what though? Why I'd do that in even big budget films, to be honest. Yeah. Why, if they're not going to be used, just do it that way. A lot of wireless chat. I mean, the Wi-Fi went down. That was the whole setup. I mentioned Gus earlier, and I'm going to let Ben go big on Gus. I think so. I'll, I'll save Gus. The only thing I will say is that uh, I think he said it's like some John McClane shit. 
I'm well, pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, there's a direct Die Hard reference. Now, so I'm going to get into a few more issues I have with this film as a, as a sudden death remake, right? So probably about halfway through my notes here now, why have I not seen any basketball yet? I mean, there is no fucking basketball in this game. You get a load of hockey in the original. It's always going on. You know, the score's going on. You've got the commentators going off. You've got sudden death on the screen about 10 times. I didn't see any fucking b-ball action. What's going on, right? Then, game continues. Now, apparently, when I first saw the basketball game, it was 58-58. There's then three seconds of basketball, and the score is 74-75. And then there's another three seconds of basketball. I then don't care about the basketball game. And then there's 30 seconds left in the basketball. Now, this is where one of my fundamental problems with this film is. So do we understand the difference between a two-pointer and a three-pointer? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the score, and, and please, listeners, if I've got this wrong, please let me know. The score was 101-103. The guy scores behind the three-point line. The score is then tied <laughs> at 103-103. And because he was fouled in the process, he got a free throw. That is wrong. That shouldn't happen. So the team should have won. It should never have gone to a free throw. And then, not only did it go for a free throw, that's not even fucking sudden death. Sudden death is about <laughs> next person win. You know, next goal wins. I mean, what the... Um, yeah, so at this point now, I'm like, what is going on with this film? The billionaire lady, how did she figure out to use the gun? There's a safety switch. And, and another issue I have with this film, and I will get onto some good stuff, um, is that Dad did not play basketball. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So they that's, missed that's a trick. The they missed a trick. It it surely everybody wanted to see Michael Jai White just slam dunk a head or something, right? Yeah, right. I, uh, <laughs> I understand why they couldn't literally have him on the basketball court because, you know, he's not wearing a mask. Surely be able to tell the difference between the fat girl. <laughs> yeah, but you you do it another way, just, don't you? Yeah, you do it another you, way. You don't do it the same way. Exactly. Just maybe somebody gets a um, a facial injury. Sometimes you see footballers wearing those kind of masks when they've broken their jaws and stuff like that. Something akin to that, maybe. You know, or he just, he just fucking runs onto the court. It was a bad remake of Sudden Death, uh, but there was some. You know, for for what it was, I think it was intended to be funnier. I think it was made as a more action comedy. Comedy, I think. I think Sudden Death, the original, was caught between two stalls. I think it was trying to be a big, serious, diehard creation with a silly concept that was quite funny in parts. I think this film has gone full on. No, we, we're just going to make some good action fights and we're going to have fun with it. And the introduction of Gus is, I think, what what levels this film up a little bit. Can I just ask, is that what you think makes this film? Was It was trying to be a comedy. I don't I get say, where that's coming from. I don't understand. I didn't find this funny at all. Not even an attempt. Well, I think I think it knows what it is. And I admire, do you know what? I admire a film that knows what it is. Because if it, it's not trying to be die hard, you know, it's not trying to be die hard in a basketball stadium. It, it is, but it's not. It's having some fun with it. And I admire it for, for trying that. You know, you take Black Christmas, we were discussing, I think that was just, just bonkers. It, it just, it didn't know. It was trying to be this issue, feminist issue, sorry, uh, blah, 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 blah. It got misguided here. It, it stuck to its roots. It was having fun. You know, there was some good ass-kicking action in it. 
some of the fight in the gym was good. There was some good use of weight training uh, gear, I think, was involved. Lack of kitchen kitchenware, if I'm honest, which is a bit disappointing. Lack of mascot fights. And something that Alex said um, about the, so the whole setup of how in the original Jean-Claude gets into the, uh, into the box is really well set up. It's designed, it's thought about. It's, it's you know, he's, he, he kind of uh, zip lines down, um, I think, to the scoreboard and then he kind of swings in and smashes the glass. Here. It's a whole thing. It's a whole sequence. And you're like, how's he going to get there? Yeah, he's going to blow up a fucking bomb on top of the box that his daughter's inside. And then he's going to smash and he's going to shoot some fucking fools. And it's like, <laughs> fine. fine. You're, you're into it with, by that stage with Jean-Claude. You're like, you know what you're getting. And it's, it's a payoff. And, and they're here. building up to it. They're building up to it in this, aren't they, Neil? Uh, no, he just smashes through some glass. Yeah, but there's a build-up to it. You know it's coming. And then he's like, here, you're going to need this. You see the rope. Passes on the rope. You're like, oh, yeah, it's coming. We're going to get it. We're gonna... Nope. Next shot. Smashing through the glass. That's it. So it, it, did, it did also condense. You know, this is not a long film. I think it's about 80 minutes or so. Uh, the original's not a long film either. It's probably about half an hour longer. If you look this actually on IMDb, it's got Welcome to Sudden Death Brackets video. So this is a classic straight-to-video uh, or straight-to-streaming service. Even, you know, even in a non-pandemic world where cinemas may have been open, you wouldn't have seen this in a cinema. So, so it, it probably was edited as such to be that. And I'm sure there was a lot of shit taken out. A lot of shit left in, um, but you know they've got to have a film at least, haven't they? Uh, I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold there because it is time to to invite Brian Hyten to uh, to give his thoughts uh, on Welcome to Sudden Death. I thought I might enjoy this film in that prologue sequence when Michael Jai White has escaped from being tortured. He's kicked a couple of guys. It's not that impressive, but you know Michael Jai White looks good kicking, so that's cool. And then one of the terrorists sets a timer going on a bomb and then goes, <laughs> and Michael Jai White kicks him in the face, knocking him unconscious. No time to say, hey man, maybe defuse the bomb. Just uh, kick him in the head. Let's go. I laughed out loud. And whether this film was intended to be a comedy or not, I, I think there are definitely things in the script that are intended to be comical whether the film as a whole was supposed to be a comedy or not, is irrelevant. I laughed more times in this film, genuine laughter, than I have in many supposed comedies. And yes, it's shit. Yes, it's bargain basement. Yes, it was made for no money whatsoever, and you can totally tell that. The script, especially with the family stuff, you know, I, I went to... Um, how do I condense this into a short story? I found a box of like old things that I'd written from childhood through to basically when I left home. And the first ever film script that I wrote when I was 15 years old was in one of those boxes. And it was this, it was this film. I you wrote this film. I, I sold it. Yeah. I had just seen. Oh my Sunday. God. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I am Dallas Jackson. No. <laughs> uh, the writing in, in this is exactly like first script, first draft level. The stuff with the family is painful. Okay. And, and Michael Jai White is not even giving it beans. Like he's sort of just sleepwalking through it like, oh, okay. 
it's interesting that you've all highlighted the action because I don't think the action is particularly good in this. But I think what I admire about the film, if there's anything to admire, is that they've used their limitations in sort of, they did, wouldn't have had a lot of time to make this film because they wouldn't have had a lot of money. So they can't have really extravagant fight scenes. So what they do instead is they have a long list of goons who all think that they can take Man Mountain Michael Jai White down and they're so wrong that he just obliterates them in seconds. Like, he destroys them. So the fights are really short and snappy because that's how most fights actually go. They're seconds long. Yeah. yeah. And, I actually, and it's satisfying. I, it's satisfying. I, I, yeah, I kind of liked that about it. Yeah. And yeah, Michael Jai White is a bone crusher. He looks like a bone crusher. Gus the Janitor is exactly what takes this film over the top. Not by any means an amazing comedic performance, but he is giving the, the actual best genuine performance in the movie for me. He's saying his lines to be funny. They are funny. He made me laugh plenty of times. It's a great addition to the film. It really gives a lot more humanity to Michael Jai White's character than any of the family stuff does because they're just growing out for half the film. And his lines are genuinely really funny, and it makes me wonder whether... Some of those were punch-ups done on the day because they're so much better than the rest of the script. Like, there's a bit... I think it is after that gym fight you were talking about, Neil, which is pretty cool. He, he throws this guy down and snaps his neck. His head is just loose. And the, the next time you see uh, Gus and Michael Jai White walking along, Gus just says, just hit me that you killed a guy. I think I might have PTSD. <laughs> and it's like minutes later. Yeah, that's funny. Really funny. Yeah. So great addition. Um, is the film good? No. Is it fun? Yes. I don't resent paying five pounds to rent it or whatever I did. I laughed and laughed and I had a really good time with it. And yeah, for a director video movie, this is a hell of a lot better than some of the stuff Bruce Willis and people like that have been churning out for years. So imagine Castor um, sells back, what, 25 years or something, and you rock up in you know, your local blockbuster or premier video or indie video shop. You'd rent this, wouldn't you? If everything else was out, yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah. I would go, I'd go into the shop and say, have you got Tenet? And he'd say, oh, we've got 10 copies of Tenet, but they've all flown off the shelf. What else you got in action films then? Well, I've got Welcome to Sudden Death starring Michael Jai White. Right, yeah. you? Well, yep, that'll well, do. So uh, the final kind of battle, the big boss battle, I think Alpha stabs uh, Michael Jai White in the leg. Dad takes off his shirt. He repairs his wounds and then pulls out a knife. Now, imagine you're in this moment in the film now. The, the boss battle's taking place. They're on the rafters, okay? Did you hear something? I don't believe so. Go on. A helicopter shows up. Yes! I was, you're absolutely right. I was sure they were going to redo the helicopter gag, and they didn't, did they? But it was sound only because they can't afford a helicopter. That makes sense. Yeah, because I'm sure the little girl said he's got a helicopter. On, oh, no. Was it the billionaire came and said he says he's got a helicopter on the roof? One of them makes reference to it. That's how he's going to escape. I'm pretty sure. You're right. If, so a couple of things happened here. Either they thought, you know, that's quite cool just to have, you know, maybe people are listening to this through their AirPods and they just want to hear a helicopter. <laughs> um, even that. 
Um, or, or they, <laughs> through, through their wireless AirPods. <laughs> their I think wires. That people, people are watching the film and they've cut the wires on their AirPods. That's what they've done. But yeah, obviously they couldn't afford a helicopter. And, and that, that final scene in the original is, is genuinely really quite impressive. I know some of the CG and, and stuff, but I get the good impression that a helicopter crashed through something and, and, and something happened with a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was done in miniature form or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Here, they, they obviously couldn't afford, couldn't afford a stock footage. So, yeah, they, you know, no stock footage, no nothing, nothing at all. Um, and I think, for me, that summarizes this film. I had, a, I had a good time with it. I had some fun. There was, the fight scenes were, I like Ben's description of the fight scenes and that they go as fight scenes should go. Michael Jai White basically just kicks ass. He's a big, he's a big strong bone crusher, yeah. Um, and, and, and the rest of it is, is pretty bad. For, um, for, for me, I think that the scene that summarizes what this film is, is that bit where he jumps into the VIP box because he, he swings through the window on this rope and he's got a, a homemade cannon in his hand. And it's a, it is a genuine hero shot that made me think, that's cool, and it made me laugh. And then the reveal is, it's just a T-shirt gun. Alpha says, hang on, that just fires t- it's a T-shirt cannon, sorry. That just fires T-shirts. And Michael Jai White was just like, uh, yeah, I'd shoot someone in the head with a T-shirt. Like, that's really funny. And that it's, was quite funny. And it's supposed to be funny as well. I think it is very tiny. It's actually not a T-shirt. Uh, maybe if it is a T-shirt, the first shot, one of the shots is, is a fucking soda can. Oh, fine. Because, like, yeah. he gets the idea because... Uh, Gus is drinking a soda while he's while he's doing it, but yeah, yeah, because it knocks soda... her out, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah, mm. it's a shame actually because it would be funnier if it was a t-shirt. Ben, what you were saying about um, Gus um, and the fact that on the day maybe there were ad libs or whatever to make him funnier, it mm. could well have been him because he's a comedian called Gary Owen. Yeah, and he's. Um, I had to look at some of his stuff online. It's, it's quite funny, quite edgy in some ways, but yeah, he's. Um, so maybe you're right about that. And he. <laughs> he's what made Gus the weird thing though like for such a crappy movie and and let's let there be no illusions about this this is a crap film I actually kind of like came out of it thinking "Ah, I'd like to see Michael J. White in some other stuff I'd like to see steroid Ethan Hawke in some other stuff I'd like to see Gus in some other stuff even though none of them are giving particularly good performances I feel like like they should go on to other things would you like to see the, the female goon that he fights in some other stuff I don't know. Not because that's his wife. Oh, is it? And yeah, and she's the one who shoots herself in the head. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty badass. It was, was, yeah. it was a good badass. It was a good fight. That's his wife. That's that Michael Jai wife. Yeah. All right, uh, real life wife. They're they're in a movie together coming out n- next year. True Lies. Welcome to True Lies. Welcome to True Lies. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I would watch that. I would definitely watch that. Any final thoughts? I, I have something that I discovered today. I wanted to send the Good Bad Remake WhatsApp group. Uh, well, basically, I was looking for a gif of that amazing shot when Jean-Claude Van Damme says, I love you to his son while he's on the ice. I searched for sudden death in the gifs in WhatsApp. And it turns out this film was, Welcome to Sudden Death, was so low budget that I think all of the advertising budget was just creating gifs from this because there are hundreds of this movie, aren't there? If you search yeah. just sudden death on WhatsApp so weird. Now, You'll so see weird. half of this movie. It's amazing. It, it must be the it must be the production team doing it because there are two pieces of trivia 
on this movie yeah. on IMDb. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all you can get. There are hey. thirty-seven pieces of trivia on the original. The urgency in this film it goes right down to zero. Whereas in the original, it's ramped up like each scene. You like more and more and more and more. Except when he decides to play hockey. Yeah, that's an interlude. And I think and <laughs> there's no tension there. Again, the reason that you probably don't see Michael J. White on the court in this is it looks like they just had access to film an actual basketball game, right? Which they probably couldn't interfere with. Yeah. Which is why he's, again, it's a budgetary thing. Yeah, it's why he maybe. can't be involved in it. Unless they, but, I would love if they'd done some green screen or some facial replacement yeah, or something. That'd be funny. To put him in that would <laughs> be amazing. <laughs> like really shit effects Just accidentally work. do face, face replacement and then the face like jumps to other players because yeah. the AI can't work out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Players. Like a really crap reface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though it's, not great for the reasons it's not great the original and forgive me i believe a bit enough for what's going on i just i just believe nothing in this film like none of the characters none of the motivations it's there's no tension there's no threat you don't at any one point go oh michael joe white's in trouble here yeah and but john Cole's running away every time someone pulls out a gun he legs it all the, all the tension and, and things you were talking about there, uh, hopefully I haven't missed my moment. I just want to repeat it again. There was no sudden yeah. death. <laughs> I know. And, I, and think, I think you got it in there now. Putting yeah. that extra stank on it by saying, welcome to sudden death. Like, this ain't just sudden death. We're going to really show you some fucking Where's sudden that? death in this one. We will. We will wrap up our discussion there. I'm going to have one final say in that, the uh, in the original sudden death, I think the game is for the Stanley Cup. It's the seventh game. It's for the trophy. That's right. I think in this, it's the first game of the season. Brilliant. Of probably some shitty local, you know. Oh, that's dramatic stakes for you, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, which, so much which riding on this one. <laughs> which sets the tone. So uh, we will wrap up there. So, Catherine, um, thank you for your. And uh, well, everybody actually with your few stats and facts as we've gone through. Managed to scrape that barrel a little bit more for any more for us, Catherine? You're after scores, are you? IMDb score for the original, 5.4. I was going to ask you to guess what they won for the remake. Is that, ones, sorry, you've is, said you've is, seen it. Is that, is that out of five, Catherine? 5.4? <laughs> um, no. I would guess. I haven't, cool, looked, Neil. I, I haven't looked at IMDb at all. So I would guess the remake probably sits around 4.5. Are you sure you've not looked? It's a 4.3. Oh! Yeah. Man of the people. There you go. Well done. IMD Ben. Out of 100, that one is. <laughs> IMD Ben. That was good. A Rotten Tomatoes percentage. 50% for the original. Now for the... Has anyone looked about the remake? Critical consensus. No consensus yet. No one's seen so, it. No, um, no user ratings. So no one's seen it. No one's bothered. So I'm shocked. Don't don't really bother. Shocked. Just just listen to the podcast. Get your reviews. Yes. That. So we actually, I mean, if we pull our resources, we could get Welcome to Sun Death a hundred percent audience score. So I went to Metacritic to just see, you know, if I could get any more kind of information for the original. It came up with no results yet, and then I went to the remake. It doesn't even have a page on Metacritic. Yeah. <laughs> That's really Which, sad. I mean, to be fair. It's sad. It's none sad. of us knew this film existed. I don't know how you yeah. discovered it, Neil. I mean, it's only a couple of months old. Yeah. Uh, but if you're an American listener, good luck to you, because you can actually watch this on Netflix. 
Um, so it's available to stream on Netflix as a subscriber. This is the remake it is I'm talking about here. Not sure about the original. Netflix UK would not pay for it. So we had to pay for it. They own so we it. just got the original instead, you know? Uh, Distribution it's, it's, rights. It's going to be on Netflix before too long, I'm sure of it. Yeah, so... I mean, to be uh, fair, right, it's only a couple months old, but Ben, what other films came out in September, right? That's, this came out in September this year, 2020. Uh, big, like big movies. Tenet, I guess, was August. Was August, right. And I'm sure it's got reviews in those pages, right? Yeah, because yeah. they get cinema releases, don't they? It's saying something. Yeah, no, no, one no one saw yeah, it. No one saw it. No one publicized unfair, it, yeah. except yeah. on WhatsApp, apparently. So, Catherine, any more stats and facts for us? Okay, so uh, they're probably the most boring facts I've ever found. Um, for the original, um, <laughs> it's, it's the more interesting one. They wanted to film the ice hockey game um, with the actual two teams that were in the film. However, they were on some kind of strike at the time so they brought in two other teams but because it was like a practice it wasn't um or it was the first of the season it was something like that and they they filmed it overnight they didn't have the um the director they didn't have the intensity of playing a normal game so they didn't use that i i, I do know what they used eventually but they had um between two and three thousand extras for the crowd and then all the rest were cardboard cutouts because they had to make it look like 17,000. And that made me think, I never thought about it, but how difficult it must be to try and get 17,000 extras to pay them all and get them to do what you want. It's 17,000, it made me think, yeah, yeah, that's... I mean, they didn't have the advantage of digital effects back then, certainly not to put crowd scenes in like that. This is even worse. It is the most boring fact that is put on a trivia page ever. And I'll read it as it stated the sign after the fight with gamma says renovation the correct spelling is renovation with one n instead of two it's, what yeah what yeah uh, absolutely yeah. brilliant i love shit like the that. thing that amazes me about that is that somebody watched this film and made a decision out of all the things they could possibly say about this is is that that's the thing that they had to say I think we I think we've uh, scraped that barrel unless anybody <laughs> has anything else stats and fact wise I see yeah, shaking yeah. heads so we are going to get into our kind of summarizing uh, of these films now to start us off Catherine I think we're looking for your three word review of the remake I it's been a busy week it's christmas and I, I, you know I'm I, I've been busy I don't have one um, and I'm struggling, I'm struggling. But what's made <laughs> difficult, I, w I did think of a few bad ones, you know, like don't waste your time and all that, based around that. But my, ov my overall impression of the film has probably changed slightly in that when Ben was talking about, oh, I laughed at that part and that was funny and I was really laughing. I was like, I remember laughing at that bit. And I remember both me and Neil laughed, laughed at that bit. So I've come away from it going, yeah, it's a shit film, but... I'd have remembered all of these bits that I did enjoy about it. And I remember like liking the, the fighting and I've got a three word review. Unless you've got one, I can I have nothing. I have nothing. Okay. Like I said, been busy, been busy. So Catherine, <clears throat> feel free to take this shit film, but I'll take it. That's actually, that is a really, that's really good. Yeah. I'll take that. Thank Gen you. Neil. Genuinely good review that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, have I just stolen that from you, Neil? No, no, it. no, no. So I had, I had two. 
Uh, but I'll let you guys go first because I'll, I'll pick the most appropriate one. Well, here's the thing about the three-word reviews. I, I love them, I just have to say. I think they're one of the f- most fun elements of what of listening to your, to this podcast. I, I especially like how much you guys struggle over them. <laughs> you seem to really struggle. Three, three reviews. Well, I'll give I'll give my sudden death one. Watch Time Cop instead. I disagree. I prefer sudden death. Uh, watch Time Cop instead. That's right. That's really scathing. Yeah. Ben, hit us up with your three word review of sudden death. Oh, welcome to sudden death. Sorry. Yeah. So. I started with, oh, hell no, because that was one of Gus's lines that made me laugh. But then I thought, that's too negative on Welcome to Sudden Death to capture my feelings. I didn't do much better with my second attempt, which was just Michael Jai shite. <laughs> Ooh, which is, that's mean. I, I, that's because it sounds film, harsh though, on it? him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. White's great. Yeah, exactly. That's, again, and and so also, it didn't, it hasn't been said yet. Why? Why isn't Michael Jai White a Marvel know. superhero? Why, oh, why is get him in Fast and Furious? As far as I'm concerned, mm. why? Why? Like I don't, I don't know what's going on. No. The three word review that I settled on was "Welcome to Netflix." <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's yes, good. I yeah. love it. I love it. Really man. good. That is, that is a good one. So I had a few. Uh, no sudden death is is one three points line is the other and the other one which kind of goes with that is read the rules <laughs> but i think i think i'm gonna have to go with no sudden death that absolutely epitomizes what this film is it is not as good as sudden death there is no sudden death and yeah just just watch sudden death instead you know yeah. it's, it's if you're looking for if it does come to netflix or prime or any of the kind of streaming services or if you're fancying a bit of cheeky fun or if actually you are committed to this podcast like us for watch it because it, you'll have fun it's not a great film but you'll have fun on that then um we need to take something from this film and, and put it into the original as guest i think alex yeah let's go first the thing that i would take from the remake would be the fighting the fight sequences that's pretty much it not okay. michael Joy white necessarily because i don't i don't think it's fair to replace jean-claude van damme but let Jean-Claude Van Damme do more of his martial arts. Any more for any more? Well, I've got two, so I think someone else Ooh. should go because they might take it. So. Well, on, Alex Catherine. took mine. However, oh. I did have a backup, and it would be the the difference in the when the two little girls get kidnapped, the difference in the sort of the behaviour, and um, one of them for and was a child, and the other yeah. one sort of just didn't. Uh, to to no surprise for Ben. Um, certainly, and Catherine, actually. I'm going to go the soundtrack. I mean, I have listened to it a lot. It's It just works. It works. And I asked Ben this question chatting last night, which came first, the film or the soundtrack? And I'm pretty sure the film came first because a lot of the soundtrack basically describes what happens in the film. Which is a um, really 90s thing to do, isn't it? Like, So that's me. I'm taking the soundtrack. Well, uh, I, I get to... Can I take two things then because i've got two and none of you have taken them yeah, okay well uh, yeah please gus the janitor it'd be great to have a little uh sidekick mm. for jean-claude van damme that's what that film's missing yeah the one thing in the remake that's genuinely cool the gun the gun that yeah. they all have it's true it's pretty cool mm. i think so i'd take that so our final uh scoring mechanism our rating system 
which Ben, as always, remind our listeners of our scoring system, please. Okay, I'm going to take it really seriously this week because there's a, there's a lot riding on this. We could have a split. So, if we think this remake has no reason to exist, it is not justified in its existence, unmake it. If it does justify its existence, but it's still not that great, then it's an agree make. And if it overtakes the original or does something really spectacular with the concept in the remake, then it is remazing. Catherine. Mm, I always feel mean doing an unmake because there's always positives in, well, mostly there's positives in a film. Nine point break. At some point. They picked up letter in point break, Ben. Always positive. Um, I I think I'm going to have to go on make though. I don't see a reason why. Oh, but it was funny. It was funny in parts, which I'd forgotten. You're sticking with on make. I I think I came away from the film thinking it it was a rubbish film overall. Though, yeah. So I'll have to go on make. Alex. Ah, it's a solid. It's a solid on make with with one reason to exist. To make the original better. So I feel like we've got a bit of a deciding vote here. Yeah, I think... Ooh. Well, I think Ben's probably going to gonna, gonna rate it high-ish, on our scale at least. I was, I was square on make, but the way that Ben described the rating system, he was very intelligent and smart about it. Um, so I'll say this, okay? Point Break is terrible. Flatliner is, is awful. I'm talking remakes here, just to be clear. This is probably more in the realm of Wicker Man. It's a terrible film that sort of is fun to watch. And, and I'm glad I've seen it. I'm pleased that we've recorded this podcast on it. And for that reason, I am going to go a remake. Good man. Uh, it's not enough to save it because I'm going a remake as well. And I just agree with everything you said, basically. It is terrible but I enjoyed it a lot for its terribleness. But that means that we have indecision. We have a, we have a tie. A tie. Clear the lobby. So, unfortunately, we don't have a film to recommend for you to watch yet. Uh, normally, at this point, I describe the kind of film that we're going to be watching next. Uh, although, if you are a keen, avid listener, uh, you will know that we have committed to a season two there will be a batch of films that we will be watching. Uh, there will be an over-complicated voting system that will probably be rigged to do the actual films we actually want to do. You know, at this point, I will say uh, in the show notes, Ben did a stellar job uh, putting my letterbox profile in there. Do check it out because there is a list of, I think, we currently stand at 214 films which is 107 originals and 107 remakes. So if there's anything you want to watch, comment on our socials, send us an email, or if you are a Letterboxd uh, user, uh, feel free to give us a like or comment there. And on that, Ben, how do people get in touch on the socials and on the email? Give some money to Mark Zuckerberg and here, fire up that Facebook device. We are on there as the Good, the Bad and the Remake Movie Podcast. We're also over on the, the other one, Twitter at Good Bad Remake, and we've got an email address if you want to send something a bit longer or something confidential away from the prying eyes of the public. GoodBadRemake at gmail.com. Excellent, thank you. Well, you do have a historic 
<laughs> trouble with saying goodbye. It's, it's there. It's all. It's out in the public. Everyone knows it now is. that you you really struggle to say goodbye, Neil. It's, I do. I do. I hard. didn't last night though, did I, Ben? Um... <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, so thank you for listening. Um, we will be back in the new. Well, it is the new year now that you're listening to this. Twenty twenty one is the year of the good, the bad, and the remake. Keep an eye on those social feeds. Keep uh, updated on your subscription. Uh, give us a like, subscribe, review, all those kind of good juicy things that, of course, will help us, encourage us to continue watching uh, mostly good or very good originals and uh, a mixed bag of remakes. Uh, if you're listening on the Arnithology feed, uh, thank you to you as well for for getting this far, uh, getting through Sudden Death, which uh, is, is well worth your time. And welcome to Sudden Death, I'd say. If you haven't watched it, it's New Year's Day. You're hungover. Get it on. Uh, I'd also like to say a special thank you to uh, to, to Alex uh, for joining us. I think it's been a, a great addition to the, uh, it's a pleasure. To the team. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having a- me. Anything you want to plug to our listeners? If you're a fan of The Good, The Bad and The Remake, keep listening. And don't bother with the ornithology, really. Like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Oh, what? what? We're not doing that. Get, right. We're not doing that reverse psychology kick, kick, thing. That kick we him off. Get rid about. of him. He served his purpose. Talk, Get rid of him. Okay. Bye. Oh. I would. I would highly recommend the anthology. That's how you do it. Easy. So the moment that Alex has been waiting for, he is the guy who listens right until the bitter end, post credits. It's the moment where we say goodbye. So I want to say goodbye from Neil and an incredibly happy new year. Bravo, mate. Did I'm it. really proud of you. Was that your new year's resolution to actually get an ending done first time? Ben, Catherine, Alex, you're supposed to follow All right, yeah. by we saying are. goodbye. We, we fucked it up. Happy new year. Bye. 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 Brilliant. We did it. And it only took three hours. Yes. <laughs>